it's interesting that the focus, what I'm noticing that the increasing trend, it's on emotional intelligence being creating, I guess, inspired employees and by focusing on empathy, coaching, flexibility, and well-being. Welcome to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast, where founders and business leaders talk about how they built a company culture that is so incredible, their employees brag about it. Our show aims to inspire you as you build a Bragworthy culture of your own. Culture building is philosophical and practical, and you'll find both discussed here. Grab a pen and a notebook. We're about to drop some knowledge. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us. Here's your host, Cassandra Rose. Welcome back to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Rose, head of people here at Fringe, and I am delighted and excited to have Eveline James on our podcast today. Eveline, please, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Well, I am very excited to be here. I lovely getting to know you and meet you. So yeah, looking forward to chatting with you. Yes. So you work for an incredible company called Laserfish. But before we get into your organization, learn more about the amazing work you're doing here. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us your journey. The good old question. Tell me about yourself. I started my professional career on Wall Street. I used to be on the operations side of a very large investment bank. And I did that for a couple of years and decided that I want to kind of transition into the financial tech industry, still on Wall Street. But I also realized that the human capital management, HR, resonated a little bit more with also my personal professional aspirations, if that makes sense. So that's when I made the switch to the fintech world, spent some time there with this new organization, worked on some strategic projects, which gave me a lot of visibility and exposure to the C-suite especially because the company at the time was undergoing an acquisition. And life took me to Southern California a little a year over after my experience with a new company. And I joined at the time Laserfish. And I've been with Laserfish for over seven years now, which is incredible. I can't believe that I've been here for that long, but it's been an, an amazing journey. And when I joined Laserfish, I decided to bask a little bit more in the world of talent acquisition. In my former life, as more of a strategic project manager for the HR organization, that's when I realized that connecting basically people with life-changing opportunities, such as their jobs, their careers, has a really noble aspect of the role and the profession itself. And I wanted to make sure that I tie it into my personal why, especially because I was an immigrant. And I always was trying to figure out, I was always focused on, okay, what's my next big thing? And how do I tie it into something meaningful that resonates with my personal story? So finding a job, finding means, you know, to succeed in a culture and in a world that's completely foreign to you was always top of mind, was at the forefront Mm -hmm. of my everyday. And that is why I decided to switch from trading stocks to the world of HR, human resource or human capital management, and now talent acquisition. 
Yeah, that's a very interesting journey. I don't know many people who knew that they wanted to be HR professionals since they were five and pursued that as a career. (laughs) So to hear that pivot is interesting. One of the things that you said that struck me is that you have been with Laser Fish for seven years, which atypical tenure in the tech space. So talk a little about that. When you landed there, did you see yourself spending near a decade there or how did that come to be? Great question, especially because in the tech space, there's this tendency and trend of switching jobs every two to three years, especially if you're not on a growth trajectory or you're not getting you know, a title change or a promotion. And I was part of that mindset, that thinking when I joined Laserfish especially because I moved from East Coast to West Coast, didn't really know anybody in Southern California, Los Angeles area. So I was thinking I'll just be here for a year or two and then see where the future takes me, what networking opportunities might lead to a new profession. But just kind of tying it into my personal why, once I got to connect with the people, once I got to understand a little bit more the company's mission and vision, the growth opportunities, the impact this role has and the value add that has on the organization, I realized that this is a place where I can bring in a lot of value, build a team, and contribute to the growth of the organization. And as such, pre-pandemic, we managed to basically double in size our headcount domestically and internationally. Now, granted, you know, we're not exempt from the great resignation. But that's something that I take pride with along, of course, with my team that supported these efforts. So because I've had so much impact across all levels, various business units, domestically and internationally, just continue to resonate with my personal and professional why. So hopefully that answered your question. It did. And having a lot of impact is something that can answer a why for a lot of people. I think those who identify as millennials or Gen Z are looking for that purpose in their work. They want to make sure that wherever they are, they're able to contribute to something greater than themselves. So just hearing that Laserfish was able to provide that for you, that's why you're able to grow into your role as a director of talent acquisition after a seven-year period. That's amazing. And hoping that there's more stories like yours than otherwise. Absolutely. So not only are you an immigrant, but you also work for a multinational organization. So tell us a little bit more about what Laser Fish does and how it does it in all these different geographies. Because not only are you based in the U.S., you have your European operations, you're in Asia. How do you manage through all these different time zones? What a great question. So yes, Laserfish is a leading SaaS provider, software as a service of intelligent content management and business process automation um, throughout the world. We have customers in more than five industries um, that use Laserfish cloud-first development approach to boost productivity, scale their business, and deliver a digital-first customer experiences. To answer your second part of the question, you know, how do we manage being a multinational organization? Well, we have been in business for over three decades and we have offices anywhere from Canada to Ireland, Dublin, the UK, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Guadalajara. And I think that, you know, the most important aspect of managing global teams is understand a day in their life, understand the responsibilities. Communication is key at all times, making sure that, you know, everybody has a clear understanding of their address path 
that then should be handed over to the supporting office. Like let's say when you know the Laser Fish headquarters office shuts by, we can lean on our Shanghai, Hong Kong, or even closer, let's say the Canada and Dublin, UK offices of the world. So I think it's just a matter of having a clear understanding of the responsibilities and lean into that collaborative mindset and ensuring that there's coverage at all times, regardless of the time zone. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, it actually does. So in some of the strategies that you may have to come up with, because not only are we hopefully in a post-pandemic world, COVID is still around. Uh, Like you said, you have other things that you're contending with, like the great resignation, inflation, all of these other things. How do you use your values and the vision and mission of the organization to make decisions that impact literally employees across the world? Great question. Well, putting people first is our number one value. So especially in this post-ish pandemic world, we've learned a lot. I think that we went through so many waves of changes. We went through the element of shock. Then, you know, there was the great resignation. Then there was the great reflection. And now there's, as I call it, the great execution. So now that we've had all this kind of cycle of events, that had massive impact on our organization and employees, you know, engagement, commitment, productivity, we can lean into this newly acquired knowledge to basically make, I guess, people first centered decisions with regards to, you know, the work environment, the company culture that we want them to succeed in. So a couple of things along those lines, I would say is all sorts of programs. We've understood that professional development is top of mind, especially in an environment where there's so much uncertainty, especially year one, I would say, of the pandemic. So we looked at some of the behaviors. There's all sorts of, you know, international, global renowned studies to better understand why people are leaving. And the top three reasons, especially in the mid-career, mid-manager professionals, we've learned that there's three top reasons. One, the it's not connecting, like the employee is not connecting with the company's mission or they, there's not much belief in the product or the vision that they develop. Number two is that there's not enough growth opportunities and or professional development opportunities. And lastly, you know, not having strong work relationships, especially in this virtual environment where mm-hmm. you know, people don't really know how to engage, how to communicate, when to turn the camera on, even the attire. There was just so much unknownness and ambiguity. So what I appreciate about laser fixation, what we've done was basically lean into our employees' input, conducted, you know, especially year one, I would say, quarterly pulse employee engagement surveys, conducted all sorts of focus groups to better understand what keeps them engaged, motivated, and committed to laser fish. And as a result, you know, we looked at that data and that helped us inform or make more informed decisions with regards to various programs. So for instance, we have an internal mobility program, but we started looking at it, you know, at a global level, as you mentioned earlier, and people that wanted to, let's say, pursue new opportunities in one of our satellite location were provided with kind of the tools, the support from leadership management team to jump ship in a new satellite location. It was great that we have an internal mobility program, but it took a whole new code, I still say, which is basically to support the global transition or global mobility. 
Another aspect that basically speaks to, and I hope that I'm still on track with, okay, another aspect that we started embracing or focusing a little bit more, we realized that in this virtual environment, it's important to, I think people reviewed their life priorities and mm-hmm. wanted to be in an environment where they feel like they have their support village. And as a result, you know, move or relocate in closer to family. So as a result, we move, basically, we enhance our out of state, out of Southern California, where we are headquartered location to or employment to 17 states throughout the U.S. So we went from, you know, seven, I believe we had at the time pre-pandemic to 17 now, Hawaii including. And I can speak to that amazing perk. I'm a perfect testament to it. This past year, I actually decided to work remotely in what, from the Aloha land, as I call it, Hawaii, <laughs> for a couple of months. Still helped me, you know, to be productive. I was still working full time, managed to work and figure out, you know, speaking of the time zone difference, communication and handing over, you know, tasks and assignments, or at least whatever project you're working on, figured out the formula that worked for me and my team and the client groups that I support. But at the same time, I wanted to be in an environment that resonates with my well-being and enables me basically to be a little bit more productive, right? Because I was investing in activities and an environment that was conducive to, I guess, a more engaged and happy, I guess, state of mind. Yeah, that's amazing that you were able to put your people first by one, expanding Mm -hmm. your footprint. So that way, if people needed to work elsewhere, Hawaii being an ideal place, if you ever decide to work there again and need a roommate, feel free. And we actually at Fringe share that value of putting people first, of really thinking about the human being that's in the role and what can we provide as resources and tools. Mm -hmm. So as you've shared, there are a number of things that you've done both on an international level and then domestically to be able to support your employees. What are some benefits? I know that you offer comprehensive health plans, that you also offer community outreach, 401ks, employee clubs, ways for people to connect and feel fulfilled physically, mentally, financially. What has been top of mind or one of the most favorited benefits that you've offered here? I would say professional development, not to repeat myself, but Mm -hmm. like I said, looking at the behaviors and the why of the great departures, especially year one, two-ish, even mid-career and mid-manager professionals. We really wanted to focus on their why, which is not seeing, you know, enough growth opportunities or professional development Mm -hmm. led to, you know, parting ways, especially in a time where you're revisiting your life priorities and you want to be more vested in your everyday profession. So professional development became top of mind. And as such, you know, I've seen an increase in attending all sorts of conferences or figuring out and mapping out with your manager, reporting manager, even with your team, what types of courses, certifications that you should partake or get under your belt, which in turn, the invitation was, okay, if you're learning and you're acquiring all this new intel, let's find a way to knowledge share with our teams so that Mm -hmm. they can benefit. And it's kind of creating this healthy feedback loop when it comes to trends and bringing innovation in their workspace. So professional development, I would say it's one, obviously enhancing our remote state menu where our employees can work from in the Mm -hmm. US, throughout the US. I would say also flexibility, flexibility in a sense that this year, so like I said earlier, we are headquartered in Long Beach, California, and we have all these 17 states, but April of 2022, we still were in a fully remote capacity. We operated in a fully remote capacity. 
mid-April, we broke ground or we broke foot into our new headquarters. And we're super excited. It's very collaborative, but also autonomous, independent type of workspace that we've Mm -hmm. created to kind of transition us from, you know, that fully remote workspace mindset into an actual physical location. So on the flexibility note, we basically invited our employees, made it as an optional for them to come in working from the office three days a week, up to three days a week, Mondays and Fridays. The office, the physical location is actually closed. Oh, wow. Tuesdays okay. through Thursdays, they can come in. Yeah. They can come in and work the full three days, or some come just one day. For me and my team, it's we're more in the client facing role. So we come in, especially if we have, you know, an on site interview. Obviously, we're keen on creating a positive candidate experience, but we kind of leave it at the discretion of the hiring manager. And again, I think that that speaks to that flexible mindset. Another really great perk or benefit that, you know, leadership has been very receptive to, I think that, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, unfortunately, there were a lot of societal circumstances that begged for us, coupled with, you know, working fully remotely, begged for us to revisit our philanthropic, let's say, engagement. And as a result, our leadership understood the value that of our employees wanting to give back And Mm -hmm. invest, you know, in organizations or nonprofit organizations that speak to their, resonate to their interests. And as such, we provide to paid volunteer time off of a year. So whatever, you know, near and dear cause of your heart is, you can take that time and the company, you know, is is company supported that you can go a little beyond your everyday. And I think it's also a testament of the fact that Laserfish understand that there's life beyond mm-hmm. Laserfish and it's important for our employees to feel like, you know, there's more to, you know, their everyday than their career. Right. It's career and community, being able mm-hmm. to invest in where you live or the causes that are most important to you. And the fact that you're allowing a paid time off to, twice a year, that's mm-hmm. amazing. So want to pivot you a little bit away from this because our audience typically are people who are in startups that are less than 10 years. And even though you're a SaaS company, you're a tech company, you have three decades of experience, but yet you're still undergoing some of what startups who are maybe looking to raise their series A or somewhere in the alphabet are challenged with. What would you say has been a highlight of being able to work with an organization that has the history and maturity that Laserfish has and what has been something that you feel others who may be in business like Fringe for four or five years can take from that? I think it kind of boils down to the number one value that we have, which is putting people first, understand that without our people, we wouldn't manage to sustain a business for three decades. Our founder was really big on creating an environment. And obviously, you know, the at the forefront of her vision for the product that we develop is to create software that people really love to use. And she was really keen on, you know, also making sure that our employees, speaking of the love component, really love coming into work and to tie it into the putting people first value. It was important to, for our leaders to promote a culture that is not, especially in the tech space where you're just in this gotta, 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 you put in long work hours, thinking about life priorities or life beyond, you know, your job wasn't really something that a leader was, or at least that was the, I guess, understanding back then was kind of factoring in or putting it as, as top of mind. 
-hmm. what I appreciate and I think that's also another thing that resonated with me personally when I had joined Laserfish coming from Wall Street where you would just put in long 14 15 hour days I appreciated that there's this focus on doing your deep thinking, deep knowledge work, stay focused, stay committed to your set hours at work, but then embrace the life beyond Laserfish. Because if you have a life outside of Laserfish, so that work-life balance, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, the employees are truly committed and engaged and wanting, you know, are eager to coming back into work and also creating that community, which is why we have all these clubs. We were big on, you know, creating community that, you know, our people can easily connect with through shared interests, be it the sailing club, we're right here in Southern California, so we're right by the water, or tennis, golf, Toastmasters, it's a new one that we've been embracing quite a bit, so helps with obviously enhancing your communication and public skills. We wanted to make sure that our employees, our talent truly feels like they pertain to a community mm-hmm. while at Laserfish and beyond. So I would say that, you know, that was something that our former founder operated with and was really keen on. And for the present times, I think that over the last few years, the rise of the new digital economy has truly shattered norms, shaken established business models and really empowered consumers and businesses or leaders that want to thrive in this modern economy have to understand that we're all embarking on a, let's say, digital transformation journey which calls for us to deliver necessary people, necessary processes and cultural changes, especially, you know, in this post-pandemic world. So this calls and requires basically for a new generation of talent with an entrepreneurial mindset that can harness technology, drive innovation and empower basically this change. And I think that for us leaders in the tech space, It's really important. I just actually sat in a recent presentation where it was tailored to the C-suite, to the leadership with regards to how to engage your workforce, especially in this highly disruptive environment because the global pandemic and constant, especially within the last few weeks, terminations and layoffs. And it's interesting that the focus, what I'm noticing that the increasing trend is that It's on emotional intelligence, being, creating, I guess, inspired employees, and by focusing on empathy, coaching, flexibility, and well-being. So I think that that's put in what I mentioned earlier in the sense that we're focusing on all the traits and the intangible skills. And I feel like emotional intelligence and adaptation, so EQ, AQ, are eating intelligence, IQ for breakfast, especially in these present times, these virtual times. There's an increased focus on, you know, kind of creating a psychologically safe environment where people feel included, people feel heard. They're not seen just as a transaction, which instill that, I guess, comfort and confidence that, hey, I am valued. I am being seen. I'm recognized for my efforts. And implicitly, it just does something to our psyche. We want to, you know, show up through a more vested, engaged, committed and focused lens. So hopefully that answered the part one question with regard to what our former founder was keen on and what helped us, you know, get to and sustain a three plus decade global business. But I would say, you know, with regards to the new kind of trends in the tech space and tech leaders, there's a very keen focus or spotlight on creating those inspired leaders that are focusing on emotional intelligence, on that self-awareness on being more flexible and coaching and inspiring that trust that, you know, employees are longing so much for. 
No, I love what you said that EQ eats IQ for breakfast. (laughs) That is where we've gone. So my last question to you, Eveline, is what would you have told yourself seven years ago, not knowing that you were going to be the director of talent acquisition, not knowing that you were going to be seven years in this role? What's one piece of advice, knowing all that you know now, that you would have said to yourself as you were going through that interview process? Great question. I keep saying this to my team as well. Stay curious and embrace change. So the curiosity, it feeds, I guess, insight into your profession, into the industry that you're part of. You approach your everyday role career through that inquisitive mindset. I think that instills a level of comfort and confidence, professional confidence that you are either A, on the right path and or B, which brings me to my second point, you get to pivot. You have to recognize, I mean, who would have thought that we're going to go through a global pandemic and we're all going to engage and collaborate through a screen, through a lens, literally. But as an immigrant too, not to make it super personal, I've learned that adaptation is the key ingredient to being successful, no matter what you're doing, no matter if it's in a personal or professional life. Change will is part of our everyday life. There's a really cool book that I actually had my entire team. We all read it. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it basically yep. <laughs> it speaks about the concept of the hemming and hawing and who's embracing the change and what does that really do to you and your success versus those that are reluctant, resistant to change and constantly the naysayers. And I think that now more than ever, you know, having like coupling those two, staying curious, keeping up with the trends, understanding kind of like the forecasting, right? Leaning into that knowledge and forecasting the potential changes or challenges that might come your way or your company's way, your organization's way, and coupling it with that ability to pivot and change. I think that's something I wish I would have been even more aware of and more invested more of a focused effort, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That means you're evolving and learning, which we all should be striving towards. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Like I said, I might get a t-shirt that says IQ for breakfast. I think that's where leadership is heading. So thank you for your insights and hopefully we'll have you on the podcast again. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time. I hope that it was insightful and yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us.